Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, send it in to podcast at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. I am very excited for you guys to hear today's podcast. We are going in depth about two topics that I find very interesting, definitely have touched on a bit throughout different episodes in this podcast, but have never done a full episode on before, and those two topics are alcohol consumption and sleep, and also how they're connected, and I think you are going to find it very interesting, and in this episode, we're going to talk a bit about things you can do to support your sleep, but... One amazing way to get a better night's rest or fall asleep if you have trouble falling asleep is to try out some full-spectrum hemp oil. And you guys know that the only full-spectrum hemp oil I use is from Ned. If you are wondering what full-spectrum hemp oil is, you might have heard of it referred to as CBD. But Ned doesn't call its products CBD because actually only pharmaceutical companies can use the term CBD according to FDA regulations. So technically, any companies using CBD in their packaging or their marketing are in violation of the FDA and could be pulled off the store shelves. But what is the deal with Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil? Well, Ned contains cannabidiol, or CBD, as well as a range of other phytocannabinoids that were all gently extracted from hemp plants. It's just the CBD, the phytocannabinoids, and the non-GMO MCT oil. And actually, the fact that the Ned contains the full spectrum of phytocannabinoids makes it that much stronger rather than just the CBD. Ned is also made from only the finest ingredients. They only extract from hemp flowers, also known as the buds, rather than extracting from the stalks and seeds of the hemp plant, which most other companies do. They also use a very gentle and slow ethanol-based extraction method, which is done at room temp. So that means no high heat or high pressure, which can compromise the profile of the hemp flower and its cannabinoid content. Unfortunately, CBD isolates are all over the place in the CBD market, and an isolate is a lab-isolated CBD compound that's in a white powder form, and it's stripped of all of those other phytocannabinoids that really help to complement that cannabidiol. And without those other cannabinoids, there's no, quote, entourage effect that we see from NED, which is really thought to be behind the true healing powers of hemp, which is why having a full-spectrum hemp oil is so key. What do these phytocannabinoids even do? Well, cannabinoids have a wide range of benefits in the body. They regulate almost every biological system throughout the human body, and they act on the endocannabinoid system. That's a system that does not get stimulated very often and is really the, quote, balancing system in the body, helps us reach homeostasis, evens us out, so to speak. And 
There are a lot of well-known uses for CBD. Some of those include as a sleep aid, as I mentioned, can really help to eliminate insomnia or just help you fall asleep more quickly, get a deeper night's sleep. It also acts as an anti-inflammatory and a natural pain reliever. If you have chronic pain, this is something to really look into. If you have inflammation issues, um, I see a lot of people with autoimmune disease, this can really help with inflammation. It can also help to treat anxiety and PTSD and depression really, really helps with anxiety. I always mention this to people who struggle with that. Also, it's a rich source of antioxidants and it's been shown to help in the treatment of a lot of serious chronic conditions, everything from epilepsy to Parkinson's to Alzheimer's. Ned products do not get you high. Full spectrum hemp is a major non-psychotropic, so you will not get high. (laughs) Don't worry. But because the product is so pure because it's such high quality you get really strong effects it is incredible this has completely changed my life i take my ned every single day i take it in the evening i put it under my tongue hold it there for a few seconds and then swallow it it just helps me wind down at the end of the night and also helps me a lot with any inflammation i might have if i am in the time period where i'm very stressed out i will take it in the morning as well just helps to calm me down throughout the day and i love it and i have seen so many clients who i mean their sleep is completely transformed through this Um, people who struggle like i mentioned with chronic inflammation or chronic pain this has really really helped them and it's an all-natural alternative so i highly recommend checking it out or at least having one on hand and you can taste the difference with ned like it tastes like flowers it tastes so good a lot of other companies have to hide the taste of their poorly sourced quote cbd um, with flavorings and inflammatory oils but the only ingredients in here are the cbd and other phytocannabinoids and then non-gmo mct oil that's it so they don't need any flavorings um, you guys know how picky I am when it comes to products, especially things I'm going to take every single day and put into my body. And I'm just obsessed with Ned full spectrum hemp oil and I will never use another hemp oil. This is all I need and I love it. So I recommend starting off with the 300 milligram and then increasing your dose. You can move up to the 750 and then the 1500 if you want, the higher the dosage is, the less you need. Um, so I would build your way up to it. They also have other amazing products. They have their hemp infused lip balms. I love them as well as their hemp infused body butter. This is great if you have any sore muscles or joints to rub on and everything smells delicious, of course. So if you're interested in trying out any products from Ned, if you want to have the highest quality CBD on the market, then just head to helloned.com and check out their products and you can use my discount code wellness w-e-l-l-n-e-s-s that will get you 15 percent off of anything on their website so again helloned.com and use my discount code wellness w-e-l-l-n-e-s-s and that will get you 15 percent off and in this episode you are going to learn even more strategies to improve your sleep we talk about how important sleep is and what that means for your success in all aspects of her life. And in this episode, I'm chatting with James Swanwick. James is an Australian American investor, entrepreneur, speaker, former sports center anchor on ESPN, host of the James Swanwick show podcast, and the creator of the 30 day no alcohol challenge. He is also one of the founders of Swanwick Sleep. If you follow me, you've seen me wearing my Swannies for 
years now, my blue blocking white glasses. And Forbes has listed James as one of 25 professional networking experts to watch and he knows what he's talking about. So we are going to get into a lot of interesting information in this episode. We talk all about alcohol and how that affects productivity and why James quit alcohol and how he helps people get off alcohol. And this alcohol conversation is really important, I think, to bring up, especially in this space. It's interesting for me because I'm 23 and I don't drink and most people my age do. And that's been an interesting experience for me. And then I really enjoyed hearing his perspective as a high-powered, highly motivated, highly successful entrepreneur. And then the conversation rolls into how he started Swanwick Sleep and the benefits of blue light blocking glasses and what that means in terms of supporting sleep. And what about all the other methods of blocking the blue light? What is blue light doing to us? So I think you will learn a lot from this episode. We also get into productivity tips because I obviously want to know how James does it all. And he has some awesome advice. You will be able to find more from him on Instagram. You can find him at James Swanwick on there. Also, he's on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and then you can get his book, The 30-Day No Alcohol Challenge, Your Simple Guide to Easily Reduce or Quit Alcohol on Amazon. And you can go to 30daynoalcoholchallenge.com to learn more or just go to his website, jameswanwick.com to get all of his links straight from there. And if you're interested in getting some Swannies, because I know you are, and after this episode, if you don't want to wear blue blocking light glasses all the time, I'm not really sure what to tell you, but you probably should. Um, you can just go to bit.ly slash swanwickcrw and check out all of their different styles and shades. They have a bunch of different styles. They have daytime glasses, nighttime glasses. You can even have prescription glasses made, which is awesome, but they have a lot of really nice styles. They even have a kid's collection, so you can find something for everyone on there. I have a few pairs of daytime and nighttime glasses that I love, and I think you'll love them too. So if you want to get some Swannies, you can use my discount code wellness for 15% off of those. Just use that code W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S. That will get you 15% off of any glasses from Swanwick Sleep. Again, you can go to bit.ly slash Swanwick CRW. All links will be in the show notes if you forget. Okay, so now that I've let you know about all the links. Let's go ahead and hop into this conversation with James. We start off, I had asked him what it was like being a sports center anchor on ESPN and how he fell into that. And we just roll into things from there. So without further ado, here is James Swanwick. Yeah, I, I hosted ESPN from 2010 through 2012. I had zero television experience and I went to audition and I got the job. Who knew? Who knew I could host a TV show and, and an iconic one like SportsCenter on ESPN? How did that come about? You know, I quit drinking in 2010 and I had a lot of clarity and focus and energy. And my friend knew, uh, knew an ESPN producer and uh, said, I thought you'd be really good um, posting a TV show. And I'm like, I think I'd be really good at it too. And so my friend introduced me to the producer, and because I had that clarity and focus and energy from not drinking, I just went, you know what, I'm just going to get this job, I'm going to do it. And so I flew over to Bristol, Connecticut, where ESPN is based, I did the audition, and I, and I, got, I got the gig. And I, I kind of credit 
me having clarity and focus from being alcohol free to to really helping me get that job. Yeah, what were you doing before that job? Right before it, I was in living in Buenos Aires, Argentina for six months, uh, drinking red wine and eating steak and dancing tango. <laughs> so I wasn't I wasn't doing much, but I, I was a newspaper and magazine journalist for for many years. Um, I used to interview movie stars, um, you know, for print magazines like Tom Cruise and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Angelina Jolie and George Clooney and all those kind of people and. Um, I would sell the interviews to magazines and newspapers around around the world, um, uh, but I had no experience on television uh, up until the, the Sports Center gig. Uh, and then when I left that gig in 2012, I, I became an entrepreneur and struggled really for for a couple of years until I found my way. And now I now I build health companies. So I guess you could say I'm a I'm a healthpreneur right now. I love that term. So what was that like transitioning from um, print to television? Well, it was daunting because I'd never I'd never done it before. I had no experience of going into a makeup room and having someone, you know, put makeup on me and sitting sitting behind an iconic desk like the Sports Center desk and staring into a camera and sometimes reading words on a teleprompter and other times having to ad lib and go live and interview people and you know, when you're a newspaper reporter, you, you've got the benefit of just working on your words and thinking of, thinking about them beforehand. Whereas on live television, you're just in the moment; you got to go. So it was a new skill set for sure, um, one that I was nervous about when I started. But then once I started to do it, I, I got became very confident at it. Yeah, and so you talk about how you really credit quitting alcohol with your ability to succeed in that job. Um, and I want to talk more ab- about that because I know you have your 30 day no alcohol challenge. Is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah. So tell me about how that got started. Well, I was always just a social drinker. I wasn't an alcoholic. I didn't drink too much or, or so I thought, but what happened was, is that in 2010, I woke up one morning and I realized that I'd very gradually over the course of a year or so put on about 20 pounds just kind of crept up on me. It wasn't like a huge weight gain, you know, suddenly. It was more just, you know, it was like a pound, a pound and a half, two pounds each month. And I was like, man, what's going on here? And, and I realized that my drinking, while not excessive, was still enough for me to eat poorly, not exercise as much, and make kind of poor dietary decisions. So, you know, I might drink a glass of wine or two each night at the end of a day's work to relax. I might, you know, have six or seven beers if I was watching a football game on a Sunday. But over time, I was never getting drunk, but just, you know, just steadily and consistently drinking six or seven beers. And, you know, on occasion, I might have a couple of gin and tonics, or I might drink half a bottle of red wine, or even a bottle of wine in one night, never getting drunk, but just, you know, just drinking enough where my sleep was compromised, my energy levels were sapped, my irritability went through the roof. Uh, I gained weight. Because I gained weight, I wasn't as confident. Because I wasn't as confident, I, I, I wanted to drink a little bit more or seek refuge in more food. And, you know, sometimes I would, I'd have a couple of drinks and I was more inclined to then want to order fries with my burger or fries instead of a salad. And, 
little things like that just crept up. And so when I realized this, I said, you know what, I'm just going to quit for 30 days and see what happens. And I, and so I quit alcohol for 30 days and I lost 13 pounds in 30 days. My skin got better. I slept better. My energy levels increased. My clarity and focus went through the roof. I started attracting a, a healthier person into my life. Like, you know, healthier growth minded people started just showing up in my life. And, you know, I, I also, you know, had the, had the clarity to get that sports center job on ESPN and start businesses and travel the world. And all these amazing things happened just from eliminating that one habit of drinking. It's interesting because you talk about how the drinking led to other poor, poor health decisions. Like it affected your dietary decisions. Do you think that had you kept the social drinking, but just been really strict about your diet, you still would have gotten good results? Well, I think I would have, I mean, I may have got better results, but certainly I am of the opinion that drinking any amount of alcohol slows us down in, in some capacity. So even if I had a super clean diet and I was still drinking, that drinking would be enough to compromise my sleep quality because drinking messes with your sleep. Now, some people say, oh, well, hang on a second. I have a glass of wine at night and it helps me relax and then I'm able to fall asleep. Well, that, that is true. That might be true. But you do not then spend as much time in that deep REM restorative sleep phase because your body is working to break down the alcohol. Now, because your body's working to break down the alcohol and you don't spend as much time in that deep restorative phase, you wake up just a little bit irritable. And because you're just a little bit irritable, you're more inclined to eat more food to give you a bit of an energy boost. You're more inclined to have the, the coffee with the cream and the two sugars or to reach for a Gatorade or to reach for a Kit Kat or whatever because you, you're feeling a little bit tired. Maybe you snap at your husband or wife or your kids or your brother or your um, boss or your colleagues but just because you didn't sleep very well the night, the night before. Also, um, you know, even if you're on point with your eating, Drinking is essentially dead calories. You're drinking straight sugar in some cases, especially white wine and red wine. When you drink that, you, you literally might as well just be pouring um, you know, sugar into your mouth. Um, so, so even with outstanding exercise and outstanding diet, drinking still can affect us in so many ways that it compromises the quality of our life. Yeah, and so do you really think that sleep tends to be at, at kind of the root of how that is, or do you think it's more than that? Well, I mean, sleep is a huge component um, of it. Sleep is massive. I mean, it's everything. I own a sleep company called Swanwick Sleep, and we produce these blue light blocking glasses called Swannies, which, which have an orange lens, and it blocks the artificial light from your computer screen, cell phone screen, iPad, all of that light at night, which disrupts our sleep. Um, and certainly, you know, if, if you wear those glasses and then you remove them before bed and then you sleep better, or even if you just do anything to sleep better, your life will be fundamentally better. Like you will, your hormones will be in check. You'll burn more fat during the night. You'll replenish the glucose levels in your brain. You'll have greater uh, focus and concentration throughout the day. Sleep is just so important to all of our fundamental issues of, of life. I mean, it, it, it's just everything. And drinking not only affects our sleep, 
But drinking also affects our looks. So all of those toxins that you drink show up in your skin. And your skin is the largest organ in, um, lar um, uh, largest organ in our body. It's huge, right, um, skin. And mm -hmm. when you pour toxins, when you drink wine or vodka or gin or beer, you're literally pouring toxins into your body. And those toxins appear in the form of wrinkles, of bags under your eyes, of your skin looking dry and weathered. And that can have an, uh, uh, have an effect um, on your looks. Not to mention it also affects our concentration, right? Like um, if you're having a couple of drinks at night, sure, you may have this illusionary effect that it's relaxing you, but at the same time, you are not going to make good strategic decisions in your life. You might make poor choices. You might say the wrong thing. Um, and, you know, th these things cumulatively can just have, a, have an adverse effect uh, on our life. So I'm not saying that alcohol is the devil. I'm saying that too much alcohol is the devil. And I'm also saying that alcohol, it, it really has no nutritional benefit to you whatsoever. Yeah, I think it's such an interesting conversation because it's so touchy for so many people. And especially like from my perspective, so I'm 23 and I haven't, I don't drink and I haven't in like two years. Um, and it's really interesting for me because I'm younger and pretty much everyone my age, all they do is go out and drink. Uh, and especially recently, like I told you, since I've moved, I'm meeting more people and it always comes up and they just don't really understand why I don't drink. And they'll be like, well, I feel great and I have drinks. So I don't really get what the big deal is. Um, and I think that a lot of people just don't understand what you're talking about in terms of the cumulative effects and kind of like the long-term repercussions. And I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe you're drinking every day right now and you feel fine, but then you're going to wake up and be 30 and feel like crap. It's, uh, you know, I mean, it, look, if you're, in your early, if you're in your early 20s and you're listening to this and you're drinking, nothing that I say to you is going to change the fact that you're probably just going to keep drinking anyway. I mean, I can tell you all the health, the health problems with drinking. I can tell you all, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you'll probably listen and go, yeah, I know that. And you'll likely still go out and drink the way that you drink. Because when you're in your 20s, you don't really care. When you're in your early 20s, at least, you don't really care about your health that much. I mean, a lot of people do. But most people are kind of like, oh, I'll deal with that with my late 20s or my early 30s. It's not like a huge thing. In your early 20s, people tend to be like, let's go out and have fun and socialize and do crazy things and live life and, and whatever. And that's beautiful and that's great. But I will tell you this. If you quit drinking or significantly reduce it in your early 20s, you will fundamentally look better, feel better, perform better, and especially look better in your late 20s or early 30s. I can't tell you how many people have aged um, before their time. You know, they look older than the way nature intended them to look simply because they've been pouring poison into their, into their, down their throats for, for so many years. So um, if you can reduce or quit alcohol, you will fundamentally feel amazing. And when you feel amazing, like I said, you'll make more money, you'll attract a higher caliber person into your life, you'll have more energy. And, and, and what I believe is that you'll have more fun. People think that they're depriving themselves of fun if they stop drinking. It's, it's ridiculous. You actually have more fun not drinking. Unfortunately, society has ingrained this idea into our minds that drinking alcohol equals fun. It's preposterous. 
not drinking alcohol is way more fun. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that because I get that question so often. They're like, well, if you don't drink, what do you do for fun? And I'm like very confused <laughs> by it. So how do you help people work through that? If they ask you that, they say, well, how do I be social if I can't drink? How, what do I do? Yeah, I get this question all the time in my program, which is called the 30-day no alcohol challenge. And and I've I've helped tens of thousands of people over the world now quit drinking for at least 30 days. And um, you can you can actually see a video of my before and after of me when when I was drinking and, and now that I'm not over at 30daynoalcoholchallenge.com. But um, people are always saying, how do I socialize without drinking? A um, couple things. Before I go out, I, I always just commit to being the most charming, the most engaging, and to having the most fun. So I just make a commitment to myself that whatever happens, I'm going to always smile. I'm going to always have fun. I'm going to dance. I'm going to I'm going to have energy. I'm going to introduce people. I'm going to be introduced to people. I'm going to be just fun and light and engaging. So I just make a commitment and I do it all while drinking soda, water, ice, and a piece of lime or water, ice, and a piece of lime or whatever alcohol-free drink is your, is your alcohol-free drink of choice. So first of all, I start with a commitment. Second of all, when people say, go on, just have one, the way that I respond is far more important than the words that I actually say in response. So if I say, for example, oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm not drinking at the moment. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, I'll just have water. Then now you're, you're putting out this idea that you are depriving yourself of fun by not drinking. Other people see that. Now they're going to say, go on, just have one, have fun, have fun, have fun thereby reinforcing this ridiculous notion that drinking a bunch of poison equals having fun. But if you respond to them by saying, ah, oh, no, thanks, I'm good. I'm actually uh, just drinking water for the time being. Let's just, I'll have a water instead. And they say, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, I'm just alcohol-free. I'm just, you know, it's all good. I'm just, just not drinking at the moment. But watch me swing from the rafters tonight. Watch me get crazy and start dancing everywhere while drinking or drinking my water. And, I, and you sort of laugh and joke and make it make you not drinking be lighthearted, then people literally cannot challenge you from there. They're like, oh, okay. And most of the time, people are so focused on themselves that they don't even care if you drink or not. It's just they think, if they think that you are not having fun by not drinking, then they are going to persist in trying to get you to drink so you can have fun. But if you show them that you are already having fun without alcohol, they are not going to attempt to get you to drink alcohol. So, so if you can just take a lighthearted approach to it and just go, yeah, I'm going to get drunk on this water instead, ha, ha, ha. Or, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good, I'm not drinking. Yeah, get me a really hard, vicious drink right now. Make it soda, water, ice, and a piece of lime, ha, 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 ha. Everyone just relaxes, everyone's cool, and everyone can go on having fun. Yeah, so what do you say when someone says, like, if they just ask you, why don't you drink alcohol? What is your response? Uh, I just say, oh, I just quit in 2010 I uh, just for lifestyle reasons. It was just a lifestyle choice. I wasn't drinking that much. I was just, you know, I just thought I'd, I'd see what it would feel like if I quit for 30 days, and I quit, and I liked the results. I, I lost weight. I felt better, and all these cool things started happening. So I said, ah, I'll just keep going and see how long I can go without having a drink. And it's been nine years now. And people go, wow, that's amazing. And then that's did, it. It's as simple did, as that. Did they ever ask you, well, what do you do for fun? Or like, how do you, how do you 
do that? Do they ever like keep going? I mean, they never really ask me what do you do for fun because if I have already answered their question about why I don't drink, they can see that I already am fun. You know, like they, they see that I'm already a fun person. Interesting. Like it's, a, it's, actually, it's actually a preposterous question that they would ask you, like, oh, but what do you do for fun? I mean, they would never ask you that if they've already got to know you and you're already a fun person. Yeah. Like, for example, it, it's crazy. I've been to parties before and, you know, in the last nine years when I haven't been drinking, and then I'll, I'll meet up with people the next day who are at the party and they'll, go, they'll say to me things like, whoa, you were, whoa, you were having fun last night. You were drunk, right? How many drinks did you have? And I said, oh, I don't drink. And they're like, yeah, whatever. What, what were you drinking? I'm like, no, I didn't. I didn't drink any. I just drank my water and my soda water last night. They're like, what are you talking about? You were like dancing on the tables or you were doing whatever and stuff. Yeah, I was just having fun. I don't drink. They literally don't believe it. So, so I think if you're just always coming out and having fun, being alcohol-free, people are never going to ask you, well, what do you do, for, what do you do for fun? Yeah, well, I think sometimes, I mean, I definitely get asked that, like, if I'm just meeting someone, right, right off the bat, and then they'll say, oh, do you want a drink? And I say, oh, no, I don't drink. And then they'll say, oh, well, then what do you do for fun? And I'm like, <laughs> it's just an odd question, because it comes back to what you're saying, how people have just made this association where to have fun, you have to drink. Um, and I'm curious, like, why do you think that's such a strong belief? Because society has ingrained it into our minds that uh, drinking alcohol is associated with, with fun. It's in all of the messaging and the marketing that we see. If you're watching a TV commercial and they're watching a football game, for example, it's all cause light and bud light. And it's all goofy guys who are toasting and there's attractive women in the ads. And it just it portrays this image that if you want to be part of a tribe and you want to belong and you want to have fun, then you'll drink this poisonous product, which will then create, you know, connection and a feeling of belonging and fun and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. Um, you also in, in Los Angeles where I live up on Sunset Boulevard, they have these big billboards and I remember seeing a billboard there of George Clooney who was advertising his tequila range because George Clooney owns a tequila brand. And uh, the, the, the ad was him in a leather jacket on a motorcycle looking very cool, very sophisticated, very handsome, um, pair of cool sunglasses on. And then there was a big bottle of, of his tequila in the bottom right of the, uh, of the billboard. As if implying that if you, if, you know, that look, cool, handsome, sophisticated, free people drink tequila as if by drinking this tequila, you can be as cool and sophisticated and cool and suave as George Clooney. It's ridiculous. When you see advertising for, um, for romantic uh, dinners or romantic getaways, it's always a, a photo of a man, an attractive man, an attractive woman with a candlelit dinner with a bottle of red wine toasting with a, with a, with a glass of, of, of red wine, Right. Well, who says that you need the glass of red wine to be able to have a romantic candlelit dinner in, a, in an exotic destination? I'll tell you who. It's a very clever marketer at the wine company decided that. When you see photos of new bars and restaurants and fancy places, they have pictures of uh, photos of people smiling at the bar, toasting a champagne glass, a good-looking man holding a beer in their hand, a woman with a beautiful thin glass of you know champagne or white wine and 
smiling and laughing and ha, 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 aren't we just so happy together? Well, you, all you got to do is remove the alcohol from that image and you can still have, be ha, 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 and have a wonderful time and have great connection and laugh and bond and, and just have a wonderful time. Who says that you need to drink a glass of poison to be able to do that? Well, clever marketers, that's who. When you sit down at a restaurant, what does the waiter or waitress come and ask you? What's the first thing they ask you when they come and sit down at a restaurant? They say, oh, can I get you started with some drinks? What would you like to, what would you like to drink? Well, who the hell says that I need to drink any type of poison just because I'm sitting down for dinner? Now, why are they doing that? Because they want you to purchase their products. They want you to buy, pay the 7 or $8 for the cocktail, $15 depending on where you are. Sometimes you go to a restaurant and they say, oh, your table's not quite ready, but I invite you to go and have a drink at the bar and we'll come and, we'll come and grab you when, you're, when your uh, table is ready. They want you to go to the bar. They want you to go and buy more poison. So they're just racking up the tab. But who says I need to go to the bar to drink to order a uh, order a drink? Why can't I go to the bar and just order a water or or, or some some other non alcoholic drink? So when you start to open your eyes to this, you can see everywhere that we're just caught in this societal um, indoctrination, where where everywhere we look, people are just trying to trick us into believing that alcohol is fun and enjoyable and just part of the social fabric and it is ridiculous yeah it's interesting because i i did not start to notice all of those marketing techniques until i stopped drinking it was like i i realized how completely ignorant i had been to all of that and then once you do stop and you start to see it's everywhere every single commercial every single mag like photo in a magazine and like in tv shows um and i think that also talking about how expensive it is is really it's another really important piece to it because people I hear this a lot from like people in their young 20s and they say oh I can't afford x y and z and I'm talk and I think well you probably dropped 200 bucks on drinks this weekend like mm. when you could be investing in like high quality food right or something for your like actually for your health and I don't think people even realize how much money they spend on drinks I mean, it's an extraordinary amount of, of, of money. But, but here's the thing. It's not just the money that they're spending on purchasing alcohol. It's the amount of money they're not making from being clear in mind. Now, let me give you an example. Let's just say that you are someone in a job and you make $50,000 a year. Okay, let's say you've got a job and you generate $50,000 a year in your job. And you're out drinking and because you're drinking, your effectiveness in your job is about a, let's call it a six or a seven out of 10. Let's even give you the benefit of the doubt and say your value to that company in your job and your efficiency, your productivity, your ability to do your job is at a seven out of 10. Okay, that's reasonable, seven out of 10. Mm -hmm. And you're drinking, you're not an alcoholic, you don't even drink that excessively, but you're just having a drink or two a night. On the weekends, you might have a little bit more. Now, if you were alcohol-free and you were clear in mind, you had focus, you had strategy, you had energy, and you were really on top of your game, you would be operating at a 9 out of 10, okay? So at a 7 out of 10, you make $50,000 a year. But at a 9 out of 10, you would be more likely to get a raise, more likely to, to go up the corporate ladder a lot quicker, 
And so possibly maybe you get a, a, an increase in your pay from $50,000 to say sixty-five dollars or $70,000. So let's call it $70,000. So you operated a seven out of 10, you're stuck at earning $50,000 a year. You operated a nine out of 10, you possibly make $70,000 a year. So the difference is $20,000. So forget what you actually spend on alcohol, even if it's $200 a month, that's like what? It's only like three grand a year, right? Mm -hmm. But guess what? While you're drinking, you're missing out on 20 grand a year that you would ordinarily make if you were focused and clear and operating in your job the way you are. So now the real cost to you is about $23,000 a year. So people, when, when, when you start to realize that, it's not what, is it, what, what does it cost you to purchase the alcohol and drink it. It's what, it, what is it costing you in missed opportunities, in a missed a fantastic partner. If you're eternally single and you're not attracting your dream partner, maybe it's because you're drinking, maybe because you're operating in a six or a seven out of 10. Do you want to just exist in the world or do you want to really live your life? And when people are drinking, they're just, for the most part, they're just existing. They're just operating in this okay little range of six or seven out of 10, just floating through life. Oh, that's okay. That's fine. And that's okay if you just want okay relationships or an okay kind of life. And if you're okay with that, then just stay there. But if you want to live an outstanding life with amazing relationships, a beautiful love life, money that just flows into your bank account, health, looks, connection, then operate at a 9 out of 10 and going alcohol-free will get you to a 9 out of 10. That's such a good point. And I think also going back to the, the dating, it's interesting how so much of dating culture now is just people getting drinks and it's like, well, no wonder no one can make a real connection. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, if you're relying on having to, to drink, let me say this, if you're a man listening to this and you need to meet a woman on a date in a bar and you need to have drinks in order to have the date, you have, you have no game. <laughs> you just don't because you're relying on you numbing yourself with alcohol in order to be able to create a connection with a woman. You've got zero game, buddy. If you, th if, if like zero game. <laughs> I think that's good for people to hear. So thanks for saying that. Um, okay. So, so you went alcohol free initially for 30 days and then, just stuck with it um, for, you said, nine years? Nine years now, yeah. Have you had, like, a single drink in that time? I haven't had a single drop. Congratulations. That's impressive. And then, Thank you. Yeah, and then so you started this program, and I'm curious, um, when people are doing this challenge, do you have them just kind of cut it out cold turkey, or how do you get people prepared to just cut out alcohol? So the 30-day no-alcohol challenge is designed to have people quit for 30 days, and then afterwards you can decide what you want to do. You can, a lot of people stay alcohol-free because they love how it feels so much. Mm -hmm. Some people return to moderate drinking. Okay, So, um, so what I do is uh, when people join the 30-day no-alcohol challenge, they, I will send them a daily video each day with a little tip on how to prepare to, get, how to, prepare to quit, how to quit, and then how to stay quit. I'll give you little tips on what to say to people when they're challenging you on, on, you know, go on, just have one or what. You're not drinking, why aren't you drinking? 
So I'll, um, and then you go into a closed Facebook group where you can connect with about a thousand or twelve hundred other people who've um, who are in that Facebook group at the moment who are either quitting or who have quit, and you can get support. And quitting takes accountability. Like, like you, you can do it on your own, but most people find it challenging. As soon as you have accountability and people, you know, supporting you, that's when change becomes becomes real. Now, the other thing with my program, the 30-Day No Alcohol Challenge, it's fun. Like, it's not all doom and gloom. It's not like, oh, I'm an alcoholic and i got to go to AA and my life is sucking. My life sucks and everything's falling apart. No, it's fun. It's energetic. I do. I give. I give health tips. People kind of like hold one another accountable. People share photos of alcohol-free cocktails and healthy foods and exercise routines they're doing. Like it's a really wonderful, positive, fun, supportive community, as opposed to going to say Alcoholics Anonymous, where you're probably not an alcoholic. First of all, and if not, why the hell are you going to go to an AA meeting and say, my name's John and I'm an alcoholic when you're not one? It's ridiculous because there you have to surrender to a higher power. You have to like, I'm not, I'm not saying that AA is bad. It's, it's helped thousands of people. It's just, I don't, I don't resonate with it because I was never an alcoholic and I'm not an alcoholic. And if you're listening to this, chances are you're not an alcoholic either. But when you go to an AA meeting, you do have to say, I'm an alcoholic and you do have to surrender to a higher power. So I'm like, no, if you're just a normal person and you know you just drink a little bit too much and it's time for you to quit for 30 days to get a glimpse of what it feels like to live alcohol-free, then just join my 30-day no-alcohol challenge program as an example or just quit yourself for 30 days and feel what it's like to, to truly live. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I think that's why I love this this challenge so much is because – there are so many people who, they're not alcoholics, but they still would benefit from reducing their alcohol intake. And I think a lot of people um, sort of see it in that black and white. They say, oh, well, I'm not an alcoholic, so I'm fine. Um, but this can help so many more people. You know, it's just a challenge and it's not like you're committing to necessarily never drinking again. Like you said, some people go back to moderate drinking if that's what they want. Um, I'm curious what you consider to be moderate drinking. Well, moderate drinking for most people it would, would probably be like a couple drinks a week, you know, two or three drinks a week. Uh, I, the thing is when people do my program, um, it fundamentally shifts the way that they see alcohol. So then after 30 days, it, it, you get to a point where you're like, ah, oh, I don't even see drinking as the reward or anything pleasurable or fun. So therefore, you don't even want to go back to moderation. Because moderation implies that, oh, I'm just going to enjoy a glass of champagne. Who the hell enjoys the taste of champagne? <laughs> Nobody does. Very true. <laughs> like, who the hell enjoys, like, drinking tequila? Do you see people when they do shots of tequila or Zambuca? Like, the look on their face is pained. At the end of it, it's like, oh, the whole face is, like, exploding. I'm like, why? Why is that fun? I know that's why it's so funny when people ask me like if I miss drinking and I'm like no I mean I never liked it It tasted like crap and I felt horrible so <laughs> I'm not missing out right I uh, mean it's, it's, it's yeah so so moderation I would say is like you know a few drinks per week but the idea really is forget moderation like why do you even want moderation 
if you can rewire your brain, which is what I do in the 30 day no alcohol challenge program, if I can rewire your brain to look at outstanding health as the reward and outstanding health as fun, then, then you'll just eliminate the word moderation altogether. Yeah. Why 30 days? Just because you're like, that's a, yeah, I just find that's more the most manageable. People can understand that. A lot of people like to start at the end of a month and end at the end of a calendar month. It's 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 like a bite-sized, manageable amount of time that people feel like they can commit to when they're beginning. If I said it was like the 90-day alcohol-free challenge, people would be like, whoa, I'm, I can't do that. Yeah. So 30, 30 days I find is just enough for people to do it, thinking that they're going to go back to drinking. And then when they're like two or three weeks in and they're like, damn, this is actually feeling pretty good. Then they, they start to realize and they go, oh, I'm going to go 40 days, 50 days, 60 days, 90 days. I'm just going to go alcohol-free. So 30 days is just a nice manageable number. I do actually help entrepreneurs in a, in a, in a higher-level program called Project 90. And Project 90, you, you, you commit to being alcohol-free for at least 90 days. And a lot of the entrepreneurs in that program have been uh, increasing their business revenues losing weight, looking better, improving their relationships, and just, you know, fundamentally feeling outstanding. Yeah, well, I think anyone listening should definitely check out this because, I mean, I think with anything that we feel slightly addicted to or rely on, I think it's always good to challenge yourself to a break. Um, But also because you don't have to have a, quote, problem like people think oh I don't have a problem but you don't need to have a quote problem to just like keep yourself in check um so yeah that's I I love that I want to take a brief pause before we hop into the next topic of this interview just because when we are discussing the effects of alcohol one of the effects that is very important to think about is how alcohol affects our gut microbiome And if you listen to this podcast, I'm sure you know how strongly I feel about supporting your gut health and that I really believe that a healthy microbiome is at the root of overall health. Whenever somebody has a a health issue, they need to start with their gut. And that is why I love Just Thrive Probiotic and Antioxidant. There are so many probiotics out there on the market, but sadly, most of them are not doing anything for you or could potentially be making things worse. So why do I love Just Thrive? Just Thrive is a spore probiotic formula, and this spore formulation actually survives the harsh gastric environment of the stomach, and it's going to arrive 100% alive into the intestines, which is very important because... A lot of studies have shown that most probiotics on the market do not survive that harsh stomach environment, and that makes them, by definition, not a true probiotic. In order to be a probiotic, the strains have to arrive alive in the intestines. There is no refrigeration needed because the strains in Just Thrive are so stable that they don't have to be refrigerated. Probiotics that need to be refrigerated tend to be very sensitive. So sensitive, in fact, that they won't survive on a shelf at room temp. So what do you think happens when they're swallowed into a 98.6 degree body? It's like, you know, when people tell you that you want to get the probiotics in the fridge, actually the opposite is true. Speaking of alcohol, alcohol consumption is one of the main causes of leaky gut, which over 65% of Americans have, I would postulate more than that, but 
it's fine. And the leaky gut is really at the root of most major chronic illnesses that we struggle with in the Western world. That includes heart disease, diabetes, cancer, autoimmune disease, dementia, and more. Clinical trials have showed that Just Thrive's probiotic formulation could actually begin healing leaky gut in just 30 days, and no other probiotic has been shown in human clinical trials to actually cure leaky gut until this one. Since the theme of this podcast is sort of how to do better in life, it's really important to pay attention to all the ways having good gut health can improve your life and productivity. And one of the ways it can do that is by improving your mood and helping to reduce stress levels. So many people struggle with stress, anxiety, and low mood. And what we have to think about is that 90% of our serotonin, which is involved in our mood, social behavior, appetite, sleep, memory, and more, is actually produced in the gut. And studies have shown that spore-forming bacteria, like the strains found in Just Thrive, are key to elevating serotonin levels in the gut. Similarly, metabolic reconditioning is a main feature of the spores in Just Thrive, and research shows that the bacteria in the gut not only control the amount of calories you extract from foods you eat, but also the types of foods you crave and what that food is converted to during the digestive process. Your body can be reprogrammed to burn fat more easily when it has the right probiotic bacteria and we want to feed the good bacteria with the right nutrients. This is one reason why having good gut health is so key for weight loss or maintaining a healthy weight. The strains in Just Thrive also have the ability to modulate the immune system in a positive way. So the spores kind of teach your immune system to detect and attack pathogens and toxins in the body. Just Thrive is going to help upregulate the T regulatory system, which suppresses any unfavorable immune responses like allergies and food sensitivities. Since 80% of our immune system is found in our gut, Just Thrive is really critical for maintaining optimal health overall, especially if you're traveling, if it's cold, flu season, if you want to just fight off any pathogens or toxins in general. And when you want to be successful and productive, you don't have time to waste being sick. These are just a few of many reasons why I love Just Thrive Probiotic and I recommend it to everybody. I think it's really important that everybody has a high quality probiotic in their diet. We just aren't exposed to the bacteria that we need to be on a regular basis because our food system is completely different now. That's a whole other subject. But I see a lot of people just going to the store and buying any random probiotic, not realizing that what they're putting in their body might be making things even worse or just doing nothing if they're just basically throwing away money. Just Thrive Probiotic is incredibly effective and I really recommend it to everybody. So if you want to get your hands on a probiotic that will actually help improve your health and is worth every single penny, I highly recommend you check this one out. Go to bit.ly slash thrive probiotic crw and you can use my discount code christina15 for 15% off that discount code is christina15 for 15% off of just thrive at bit.ly slash thrive probiotic crw and that will be in the show notes as usual all of those discount codes and links are also on my website christinaricewellness.com And if you're transforming your life by getting off alcohol, improving your sleep, I really recommend getting some Just Thrive to support your gut flora because alcohol, for instance, or not getting enough sleep perpetually, as we'll talk about in a second, 
can downregulate the immune system and do a number on your gut and you want to heal your leaky gut if that propped up from drinking too much alcohol and stressing out your body by undersleeping or if your gut flora is just out of whack in general it's really important to get on high quality probiotics so make sure you check out this one all right it's time to hop back in this conversation with james and we're going to move on to discussing sleep i want to talk about swanwick sleep i'm wearing my swannies right now my daytime ones um i love them yeah so how, tell me more about like what led you to start Swanwick Sleep. Yeah, so my sleep was always okay. I mean, it wasn't horrible and it wasn't great either. I would describe my sleep as being like a six and a half to a seven and a half out of ten. Sometimes I'd get seven or eight hours sleep. Sometimes it might be five or six. Sometimes I'd have trouble falling asleep or I'd toss and turn in the night. Other times I would sleep, you know, almost flawlessly and wake up feeling great. So. It just wasn't consistent. It was kind of all over the place. And then I was in a hotel restaurant in Palm Springs, California, and a friend of mine, Mark, was wearing this really ugly pair of safety goggles, which has kind of had this orange amber, uh, orange lens to them. And he looked ridiculous. He actually looked like a meth chemist. And uh, <laughs> there, was a, there was a table of very attractive women adjacent to our table, and I, and I looked over at them, and then I looked at Mark, and I said, Mark, you look ridiculous and you're making me look ridiculous by association. <laughs> and, and so uh, he said, no, man, I'm, I'm trying to block the blue light. And I said, block the blue light? What are you talking about? And he said, well, there's, a, there's artificial blue light comes out of our TV screen, bathroom light, kitchen light, the lights in that hotel restaurant, um, our alarm clock light, uh, iPads, screens. And at nighttime – if we look into that light, our body does not produce as much melatonin, which means we do not sleep as well. Now, during the daytime, blue light is okay. The sun actually is the biggest emitter of blue light. So we want to expose ourselves to blue light during the daytime, okay? But at nighttime, blue light is bad. So blue light during the day, good. Blue light at nighttime, bad. So what these orange lens glasses do is that the orange is the opposite of the color blue. So when you wear an orange lens and these pair of Swannies glasses that I've designed, the blue light cannot penetrate the lens. Therefore, your body is able to produce melatonin and you're able to fall asleep quicker and sleep deeper and ultimately wake, wake up feeling refreshed. So going back to why I started this company or how I started it, I decided that I wanted to make a stylish pair of blue light blocking glasses. I did not want to look like a meth chemist like my friend Mark did. <laughs> and I wanted to create a pair of stylish blue light blocking glasses that men and women, young and old, cool, hip and stylish or not so hip and stylish people would want to wear consistently. Because if you can wear these glasses every night, you will see a noticeable difference in your sleep and your whole life will transform. So that's how I came up with the concept. It was really I wanted to look as good as I could look because I'm just vain enough that I want to look handsome and <laughs> look cool and stylish. But also because it's kind of like where style meets health because I know that if I'm really motivated to want to wear a stylish pair of glasses, I know that my sleep is going to improve every single night. Yeah. I'm, there are a lot of blue blocker brands out now. And, like, how can you tell the difference between if something's, I guess, like, are there differences in the lenses that people use or? Yes. So the only way that you can use, 
let me let me go back here. So there's two different types of blue light lenses. Okay, there's a lens that has a very orange lens to it, and then there are lenses that have clear lenses where there's was like just a hint of an amber um, tint to it. Okay, now two very different usages for those ones. The only way you can protect your sleep, the only way that you can use glasses to help you sleep better is by wearing an orange lens, okay? So you must wear an orange lens. So our Swannies blue light blocking glasses have an orange lens to them. Uh, and the reason is, is that the blue light wavelength that disrupts your sleep needs an orange lens to block it. A clear lens will not block enough blue light that messes with your sleep. So any company that claims that a clear lens, blue light blocking glass, will help you with your sleep is is it's just not it's not physically true. It's not true in the known universe. God made the rules. I I just follow them, <laughs> yeah. and it's just it's a in the known universe. It is a physical impossibility to block uh, the blue light responsible for messing with your sleep with a clear lens. Okay, now. During the daytime, you can wear the orange lens, but you can also wear a clear lens, right? So now a clear lens is not going to help you with your sleep, but if you're wearing a clear lens during the daytime, it will give you greater clarity, focus, concentration. So what that clear lens does is that it, it filters the blue light, right? It filters. It doesn't block all of it. It just filters the blue light. So it reduces your blue light exposure from your screen, which then, um, you know, relieves you of eye strain, relieves you of headaches, migraines, relieves you of some stress and anxiety. It just gives you that temporary relief. Now, my company, Swan Week Sleep, uh, with the Swannies, we make daytime glasses as well. So I think you're wearing your Swannies daytimes at the moment. Is that right? Correct. Great. So you'll notice that they have a clear lens in them, yes? Mm Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So you wear those daytime swannies during the day as you're on your computer. It's blocking some of the light. It's filtering some of that light. It's giving you greater clarity, focus, and energy. It's, it's restricting your screen's ability to damage your eyes, and that's great. Now, at nighttime, you just want to switch to the orange lens glasses, the, the nighttime swannies, um, because that orange lens will then block the blue light from your TV screen, your cell phone, your bathroom light, your kitchen light, your body will be able to naturally produce melatonin and then you'll be able to remove the glasses just before sleep, fall over and go to sleep. So to answer your initial question, any company that claims that their clear lens blue light blocking glasses helps you sleep, it's, it's, it's just, it's a falsehood. Um, and uh, our lenses, and when I say ours, I'm talking about the Swannies from Swan Week Sleep, our daytime and our nighttime lenses have been put through vigorous spectrometer testings uh, before we, we bring them to market. So we make sure that it blocks exactly the amount of blue light that hurts you sleep and it blocks enough of that blue light um, to help you with clarity and focus and energy throughout the day as well. Okay, yeah, because I'm seeing a lot of companies who have like the same type of lens as the daytime Swannies and that's like their only their only option and then people are wearing them at night and they think they're getting the benefits, but they're not because it's not the the orange, right? That's right. Okay. So they are get they are getting benefit 
for daytime use mm -hmm. of the fact that they're not exposing themselves to as much of blue light that can cause macular degeneration, right? Mm -hmm. So, so they are they are providing a benefit, but it's it's impossible for those glasses to be providing the benefit of better sleep. Okay. Right? Yeah. I know for myself with the daytime glasses, like I, I'm on my computer pretty much all day looking at my screen and it wasn't until I consistently was wearing the daytime glasses and then I for a few days didn't and I realized I got these horrible headaches that I had never even realized I had before from the screen and it makes such a huge difference for me just be working during the day having that filter. Massive difference, yeah. Our daytime Swannies, which they're the ones you're wearing at the moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those daytime Swannies, we, we've, we're blocking enough of that blue light during the day for your daytime use so you don't have those eye strains or that you don't have stress, that you don't have like um, headaches and, and all those kind of things. So that's wonderful. It's great to hear that that's, that that's happening for you. Yeah, and it's also interesting because like I, I feel like I can see more clearly and I don't have – I don't like wear glasses – but it, it, it actually makes me feel like I can see my screen more clearly, um, which is helpful. The, the other thing I wanted to ask was, so is there a downside to wearing the orange ones during the day? Because I see some people wearing, wearing the nighttime version during the day. No, there's no downside. I wear mine sporadically throughout the day. So I, I'll, I'll wear the nighttime orange lens throughout the day as I'm on a, on a, on a computer. In fact, I'm wearing mine right now. As you and I are doing this interview and I'm looking into a screen, I'm wearing my nighttime Swannies right now. Now, I'll, I'll keep these on for like 15, 20 minutes to give myself temporary relief and then I'll remove them and I'll just go about my day without wearing them and then later on if I'm on the computer or on my phone for an extended period of time again, I'll put the glasses back on just to give myself some temporary relief. So you can use the orange lens nighttime glasses sporadically throughout the daytime and it gives you um, uh, as good of an, an effect uh, as the daytime ones do. Okay. I also had a question. So I have some people who, I mean, I, ju I just recommend everyone uses blue blockers, but some people will tell me, oh, well, I don't wear them because I don't notice a difference. Like I don't have a problem with sleep. Do you think that people should still be wearing them whether or not they notice a difference? Well, it depends what they mean by they don't have a problem with sleep. Mm -hmm. Because people can sleep for eight hours and still have a problem with sleep. And the thing is this, right? Just because you sleep eight hours doesn't mean that the quality of your sleep was, was fantastic. So people might say, well, I don't need to stop drinking coffee after 2 p.m. because I have coffee with dinner and I fall asleep just fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's great that you can fall asleep just fine. But guess what? you're spending such a reduced amount of time in that deep REM restorative sleep that even if you then go on to sleep for eight hours, you still wake up and your body hasn't recovered as well. You're just a little bit irritable still. Your muscles haven't repaired. You haven't filled up your, your, the, the glucose in your brain as much. You're still irritable. You're still moody even with eight hours sleep, right? Mm -hmm. So you might say, well, you know, I didn't notice the difference. I sleep great. Well, if you, if you are staring into a, a cell phone before you go to sleep, let me tell you something. Your sleep is not great. You might tell me that you fall asleep fine, you sleep eight hours, but, but let me ask you this. Are you feeling like a nine or a 10 out of 10 when you wake up in the morning, or are you still like wanting to drag yourself out of bed? 
Are you still a little bit moody and irritable in the morning? Anytime you expose yourself to light at night that isn't candlelight, you are compromising your sleep. So, so block as much blue light as possible at nighttime. Wear a pair of Swannies blue light blocking glasses, and I would be shocked if you didn't notice uh, uh, an improvement not only just in your sleep but how you feel throughout the day. Yeah, I think um, it's been interesting for me to ever – like do you have an aura ring? I do, yes. Like I've I've noticed that if I ever don't wear my glasses and I look at my deep sleep in my REM, how off it is. And those are things I never would have noticed without that tracker. Mm. Fascinating. So, yeah. I think a lot of people don't don't really realize like what you were saying, like did they get enough REM sleep or deep sleep? Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of people have sort of gotten used to not feeling a 10 out of 10. So they think that they're – 7 out of 10 is a 10 out of 10 because they just don't know yet. <laughs> mm, mm. Um, what about apps like Flux and Night Shift? Like I know a lot of people tell me, oh, well, I have Night Shift on my phone and I use the Flux app on my computer, um, so I'm blocking, mm -hmm. I'm blocking the blue light. Do you think that's enough? Look, both of those apps are good. They give you about a 3 out of 10 coverage, I would say. So definitely use them. And I think they're great, but just know they do nothing about the light in your bathroom light or your kitchen light or the speedometer light in your car or the street light or the traffic light or the McDonald's golden arches that you see as you're driving along the freeway or the alarm clock light or your reading light. All this light at night is exposing you to blue light and compromising your sleep. So you can say, oh, I don't need to, to block my eye. My, um, I don't need to protect my eyes with a pair of blue light blocking glasses because I've got night shift and I use flux. Well, like I said, that's good. It gives you like a three out of 10 coverage and keep using it. Don't stop using it. Do use it. But what about the light in your bathroom and the light in your kitchen and the light in the street and the alarm clock and so forth? Like how are you going to block your eyes from that? Yeah. The, the only way that, that we know in the known universe at the moment to block blue light at night is to literally just live your life by candlelight. Never use an electronic screen again. Never use a light bulb and just live your life by candlelight. Now, if you live your life by candlelight, you will sleep flawlessly. But it's 2019. Are you listening right now going to live your life by candlelight? Or are you going to live in a world where there's artificial light? And if the answer is you're going to live in a world of artificial light, then you better block as much that light as possible. And the only way that I know to do that consistently, and the only way we as a society know so to do that consistently right now is to wear a pair of blue light blocking glasses in conjunction with using night shift and using flux. Yeah. What, what about um, – do you have opinions on like what time people should stop using electronics at all like let's say they they have their blue blockers on and they're using night shift and flux is is there still a problem with using your phone or computer right before you go to sleep well look all of the studies show that we want to we want to reduce stress and re reduce the activity in our brain um you know, close to bedtime so yes we all know that we shouldn't be watching tv and we shouldn't be on our phone and we shouldn't be using electronics an hour before sleep we all know we shouldn't be doing that, right? But let's face it, we still do it anyway because we're all addicts. I'm an addict, you're an addict. I mean, look, uh, to give, 
I, I mean, I have a sleep company for goodness sake. I produce blue light blocking glasses and I still crawl into bed with my cell phone and, and scroll through YouTube and watch late night things on HBO in my bed before I'm ready to switch it off and roll over and go to sleep. But guess what? I'm doing it with night shift on and I'm doing it while wearing my blue light blocking glasses. There is, has not been one night in the past three years that I have crawled into bed and not worn my, and not worn my, my Swannies blue light blocking glasses. So even though I know I probably shouldn't be crawling into bed with my phone, I do, but I make sure that I'm always, always wearing my Swannies glasses and therefore I protect my eyes from that blue light and I'm able to then start to fall sleepy. I then turn my phone off, I remove my glasses and then I roll over and I go to sleep. Yeah, got to do the best we can, right? <laughs> um, do you have a favorite style? Which one do you wear? I like to wear the diamond style. The diamond style has got the clear frame. Our classic style has been our most popular for three years now. That's like a black Ray-Bans kind of style. But I kind of like the new and the, the funky kind of clear, clear, um, clear frames the most. We also have frames for people who have wear prescriptions. So we have a pair of fit-over glasses that go over the top. Or we can actually make your own prescription glasses as well. If you just go to our website swanwicksleep.com you can actually uh, type in your script and we can make you a pair of prescription swannies we've also got readers as well and there's also uh, cat eye style for women sometimes women want to do kind of like really cool little things like a cat eye style and then we've also got uh, glasses for kids as well kids um, you know in green blue pink gold like all different kinds of colors that are a little bit fun fun for kids yeah, there's a so there's so many different options. I want to get some more styles too. I have the the classic ones and I like those, but I want to try the diamond ones next. I think. Mm. <laughs> um, one last thing I kind of want to touch on before we wrap up is so I know you have a whole like program called the Forty Seven Day Habit Hacker, um, and I was wondering if you could talk more about like what what that is and who that's for. Yeah, well, I'm a big um, studier of good habits, and so I've created a program which just helps people around around daily habits which can transform their lives. So some of the habits that I incorporate into my life include making sure that I don't wake up uh, to the alarm in my cell phone. I have a portable alarm, and the reason I do that is because I have a rule that I'm not allowed to put my hand on my phone until I've written down 20 things that I'm grateful for every morning. So I have a diary and when I wake up in the morning, the alarm goes off, I hit the alarm, I get up, I go to my diary, I write 1 through 20, and I just I write out very intentionally 20 things that I'm grateful for. And then that just sets my whole mood for the day. I feel good. All the studies show that we're in gratitude, we're in a beautiful state of mind, and when I'm in a beautiful state of mind, I start to see evidence throughout my day that life is beautiful. Then, and only then, am I allowed to go and pick up my phone and start being in reactionary mode of checking emails and text messages and all that kind of stuff. So that's an example of a very healthy habit that I have uh, implemented into my life. Um, I also have the habit of preparing my exercise clothes the night before. So before I go to sleep, I, put, I lay out my shorts, my shirt, my water bottle, my socks, my shoes, uh, my gym bag. So when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I see are those exercise clothes. So I put those exercise clothes on. And then when I've completed my daily 20 gratitude, the likelihood of me leaving the home and going and exercising is about 99%. 
Whereas if I did not prepare my clothes the night before, I might wake up in the morning and go, oh, where's my clothes? Ah, oh, you know what? I'm just not going to do it today. I'll just I'll phone it in. I'll, I'll go to the gym tomorrow. So um, that's just an example of a little habit. Uh, and then, and then, and then, making sure that I remove all bad foods from my home. So, if you look at my fridge now, I only have things like grass-fed butter. I have lemons. Um, I have pasture-raised eggs. Uh, I have soda water. Um, the visual cues of healthy foods, uh, and making sure that I remove my home of any kind of like chips or breads or salt. You know, any bad stuff also helps me live, uh, stay very healthy and stay very lean throughout the day. So that program, 47 Day Habit Hacker, is really about implementing very healthy habits into our lives um, so that we don't even have to think, we just do, and therefore we live an outstanding healthy life. Yeah, there's so many little tricks in there that are so helpful. I'm curious, one thing I feel like you must have some amazing tips on is time management and like being more productive because I know you have a lot of things going on. So do you have any like top time management tips or anything that you found really changed that how you were able to get much more done in a day? Yeah, there's a great book called The One Thing by Gary Keller. And he talks about just doing one thing and one thing only and staying on that. Because when you do three different things at once, when you shift your attention and focus from one thing to another thing, you're actually completely destroying the effectiveness of, of what you're doing. So what I like to do is I do coaching calls because I coach people in group coaching around the not drinking and, and in business. I do my coaching calls on one day of the week, right? So one day and one day only, that's when I do coaching calls. I'm not doing any other, you know, different kind of subject matter. Um, I do podcast interviews for the most part um, two times a week. So I might do it on a Wednesday morning and then I might do it on a Friday afternoon. So there's a block of time where I'll do back-to-back podcast interviews. I might do three or four podcast interviews um, uh, one morning and three or four podcast interviews back-to-back one afternoon. So that's just keeping me focused on one topic and one topic only. That frees up my time then to be able to focus on other things like creating products and programs, doing um, other things where I'm just concentrating on one one topic or uh, per day or one topic per morning or afternoon. And I find that to be very, uh, very efficient. I also um, kind of drew a line in the sand a couple of years ago where I said for 95% of the time, I will not do my own laundry and I'll, I'll not clean my own dishes. And that might sound ridiculous, but what I found is that because I work in a business of sales, every t- every minute that I'm spending stripping my, my bed sheets or washing clothes or doing my laundry or folding clothes or doing the dishes – is time that I'm not speaking to a potential customer or I'm not marketing my Swanee's glasses and not helping people in the world by, uh, to sleep better or to reduce or quit alcohol. So I'm willing to pay someone to do those tasks for me so it frees up my time to be able to focus on helping more people, having a greater impact, growing my business, and just enjoying my life a, a lot more. I'm curious, do you have um, set boundaries with technology? So like your phone, emails, anything like that? Because I know that a lot of people tend to get distracted with that during the day and that leads to multitasking. 
Uh, yes, I wouldn't say that I've perfected this. I am an, an addict as much as the next person, I, I, I must concede. I'd love to say that uh, I only spend 30 minutes on my phone every single day, but that just would, that would not be true. I spend, uh, uh, I think, too much time on my phone each day. However, I, the, 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 one, the one habit that I've definitely instilled is that I'm not allowed to turn my phone on until I've written those 20 things I'm grateful for. So that is the one that has stuck. Um, this this morning, I woke up. I really wanted to, to check something in my phone, but I didn't. I went and wrote my gratitude, and only then did I pick up my phone. So that has really stuck. Um, and then, uh, obviously, I have a, a, a tracker on my phone which tells me at the end of each day how much time I spend on the phone. That is a really good reminder for me. So then uh, the next day, I try to be vigilant enough to not spend as much time on that. I'll also, when I'm out to dinner with friends, put my phone in airplane mode and put it face down so I'm not checking it. And that ensures that I'm feeling really present and, and I keep it face down so I don't see any notifications come up that I then uh, would ordinarily respond to. Yeah, I think that's definitely helpful. You got to turn it down because once you see a notification, <laughs> you can't focus. Um, and I love hearing about your morning routine. I love asking you about their morning routines. And the, the 20 things that you're grateful for is, I don't think I've ever heard someone say 20 things. That's a lot of things. Well, what it does is that it activates your RAS, which is your reticular activating system. And what that does is that that seeks evidence throughout the day of whatever it is that you're focusing on. So in the morning, I, I focus on being grateful. I'm, I'm having to really think about what am I grateful for? What are 20 things I'm grateful for? And then throughout the rest of the day, when I see something, I go, oh, I'm grateful for that too. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's amazing. So now I'm just in this mode of seeking gratitude all the time. When, you're, when you only write down three things or five things that you're grateful for, you're kind of just phoning it in. You're kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for this. Oh, yeah, cool. But then life gets in the way, and then it's easy to get you go down a rabbit hole of negativity, and you see that life is hard. Whereas if I'm forcing myself, I don't like to use the word force, but sometimes it feels like you're forcing 20 because you're like, wow, 20 is a lot. What it's doing is it's exercising the muscle of seeking evidence that life is good. So because it's, I'm, I, sometimes I feel challenged at like number 15 through 20, oh man, I'm at 15, what else am I grateful for? Just because I'm challenged to come up with those additional five makes it easier for me to notice good things that are happening throughout my day later on. Are you allowed to repeat like from other days? Uh, I mean, you can do anything you want. Yes, you can repeat on every day. But what's interesting is that I always, I, I most of the time come up with 20 new things. People think it's like, oh, can you repeat? Because they, they're scared they won't be able to come up with 20 things to be grateful for. I could come up with 100 things I'm grateful for every day. Just start doing it. You'll, be, you'll surprise yourself. That's awesome. I love that. I think maybe I should start doing that. <laughs> Um, well, this has been really interesting. I'm curious. One, one thing I would want to know from you is what's probably, if you could tell people like one main habit to change or one thing that they could implement in their lives that they would make the biggest impact on their productivity or overall health, what would you tell people? Like one major change. Focus on your sleep. Wear a pair of blue light blocking glasses in the last hour before you go to sleep. That, that will fundamentally change how you sleep, which will fundamentally change uh, how your hormones work, which will fundamentally improve uh, how you feel, 
which will fundamentally improve the, the quality of your relationships, which will fundamentally increase uh, your ability to make money, which will fundamentally increase your happiness, which will fundamentally increase your ability to attract other happy people into your life, which will make you more money, which will get you focused more on your health, which will give you more energy, which will attract better people into your life, which will make you more money, which will help you sleep better, which will energy like it's all it's all connected. It's all connected. So block blue light at night, sleep better, and your entire life will transform. Okay. If that doesn't motivate people to sleep better, I'm not sure what will. Uh, well, thank you so much for sharing all this. Um, can you just let everyone know where they can find more from you, where they can get their blue blocker glasses? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. And also, I'd love to offer your listeners a discount. I'm not sure if you have a discount code that you came up with ahead of the, ahead yeah, of the call. But maybe- I do, actually. I have a 15% off code. It's wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S. Nice. So if you go to swanwicksleep.com, swanwick is S-W-A-N-W-I-C-K, swanwicksleep.com, you can choose from our styles of glasses there. We've also got a really cool sleeping mask, which is 100% pure silk, uh, and it's oversized. It feels beautiful on your face, and silk actually retains moisture in your skin, so you actually can reduce visible signs of wrinkles um, uh, if 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 you wear a silk mask throughout the night. Um, if you go to swanwicksleep.com, you can use that wellness code. That'll give you 15% off any of the glasses, any of the sleeping masks, and the entire store. Um, and then if you're interested in quitting drinking or reducing drinking, 30daynoalcoholchallenge.com. If you'd like to ask me a question about drinking or sleep, follow me on Instagram, which is at James Swanwick. And just send me a, a DM, told me that you heard me on this podcast, and I'd love to message you back. And uh, if you're an entrepreneur and you're wanting to quit drinking, you can go to jameswanwick.com slash project 90. Amazing. Thank you so much, James. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for having me, Christina. I appreciate it. Thank you so much to James for coming on the show and sharing all of his knowledge. You can head to jameswanwick.com to find more from him. Go to bit.ly slash swanwickcrw to get your hands on some swannies. And again, you can use my code wellness for 15% off of those. I'm always wearing them. I love them. I've had my swannies for a long time and they're going strong. And I think I'm just going to keep adding more to my collection. If you enjoyed the show, I would so appreciate it if you left a rating and a review on iTunes. It only takes a second and really helps me out. And I also love when you share episodes on social media. So if you enjoyed this, if you learned something from it, share it. Send it to family, friends, Uber drivers, acquaintances, random people you meet on the street. Just tell everyone. And I would love to have you in our Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Drive, where you can meet other listeners and chat about the episodes. If there is someone you want me to have on the podcast next, or if you have a question you want to submit for a Q&A episode, you can head to my website, christinaricewellness.com and submit it under my podcast page or email it to podcast at christinaricewellness.com. That's it for this episode. I hope you guys have an amazing day and I will chat with you next time. Bye.